In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who used to dress in purple and fine linen and feast magnificently every day. And at his gate there lay a poor man called Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to fill himself with scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even came and licked his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In his torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus in his bosom. So he cried out, Father Abraham, pity me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. My son, Abraham replied, remember that during your life good things came your way, just as bad things came the way of Lazarus. Now he is being comforted here while you are in agony. But that is not all. Between us and you, a great gulf has been fixed to stop anyone if you wanted to, crossing from our side to yours, to stop any crossing from your side to ours. The rich man replied, Father, I beg you then send Lazarus to my father's house, since I have five brothers, to give them warning so that they do not come to this place of torment too. They have Moses and the prophets, said Abraham. Let them listen to them. Ah, no, Father Abraham, said the rich man, but if someone comes to them from the dead, they will repent. Then Abraham said to him, If they will not listen either to Moses or to the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord Having gone back to pre-pandemic full capacity, Many parishes are awkwardly still witnessing relatively low attendance at Masses. What could be the cause of this? In 2020 and 2021, as our country navigated between complete lockdowns and impossibly stringent SOPs governing public gatherings when some activities were allowed, many of our churches discontinued physical attendance at Masses for long stretches and substituted them with online services. According to the best research, it takes 60 to 70 days to form a new habit. And we had months of lockdowns and two years of restrictions. That's plenty of time to form a new habit. In today's first reading, the prophet Amos confronts the people of Israel for their spiritual lethargy. He accused them of lying on ivory beds and sprawling on their divans while dining on their fatted lambs. He was practically telling them to get off their comfy cultures, cease living a sedentary life seated in front of their televisions while gorging on junk food, while ignoring all the critical things happening around them. Apathy or indifference to the cries of the plight of the poor, the marginalized, 
victims of oppression and injustice had become a new habit which they found hard to abandon. We see a vivid illustration of this in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus in the Gospel. The rich man who enjoyed life was condemned to hell at the end of the story, whereas Lazarus who suffered in this life ended up in heaven. The parable is troubling, not only for its mention of hell, but because the rich man should even end up in hell, though he is not depicted as a horrible person. In fact, the Gospel never states that the rich man mistreated poor Lazarus. There is no mention of him acquiring his wealth through unjust means. The point of this parable is not that the rich will be damned and the poor will be saved. Neither is the point of this parable describing a capricious God who likes sending poor souls to hell for the slightest infraction. The problem with the rich man, if you could consider it a problem, many don't, is that he was without suffering. He had no inclination of suffering because he had all the luxuries which money could buy. For this reason, he couldn't feel the pain and the suffering of the beggar Lazarus. What did the rich man do that was so horrible that he should deserve such a terrible fate as hell? It was simply his apathy. Apathy is indifference habitualized. Examining the Greek root of the word would give us a better understanding of the sin. Apathy comes from two Greek words, ah, which denotes the absence of something without, and pathos, which means suffering. Therefore, the apathetic person is one who does not know or feel the suffering of another, as opposed to an emphatic person, someone who experiences and feels the suffering of the other. This was the crime of the rich man. He was enclosed in a safe little world of personal enjoyment, insulated by his wealth and comfortable life. Lazarus, therefore, was not treated as part of suffering humanity, but just a part of the landscape. In a word, the rich man was indifferent and clueless, indifferent to Lazarus's plight, indifferent to his hunger, indifferent and clueless to his needs. They were the neighbours who never met. The indifference which blinded the rich man to the needs of Lazarus and others in this life is a foretaste of what is to come, the chasm that separates heaven from hell, a chasm wide and unbridgeable. There is no passing between the two ever. In life, a big chasm had opened up between the rich man and Lazarus due to the former's apathy. Lazarus never showed up on the rich man's radar. In death, this chasm had grown infinite. In the words of Father Abraham, a great gulf separates the minions of hell from the minions of heaven. The chasm which the rich man maintained through his indifference in life had ultimately separated him from God in death. Now it's the rich man's turn to drop off God's radar, if you could even say that that is possible. Indifference does not only spell human tragedy, it also means the loss of beatitude, the loss of salvation. An apathetic person will not exert any effort to make a difference. He either sees no need to do so, or feels so overwhelmed by the problem that he believes that whatever he does will make little to no dent in the issue. He tells himself, what's the point? 
Is this my problem? Or how does this even concern me? He will simply sit back and watch events unfold. Unfortunately, this is all that is needed to make one's journey to hell certain. In the words of the philosopher Edmund Burke, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Apathy may seem as insignificant as a tiny crack, but it eventually morphs into a great chasm that comes between heaven and hell. Apathy is what makes us ignore the message of the prophets and past generations, and even makes us turn our backs on the one who died and is now risen from the dead. In fact, apathy is what killed the Lord Jesus. Both the fearful Pilate and the jealous high priest would not have been able to put Jesus to death except for the thousands of people who didn't show up for the crucifixion. They didn't want Jesus dead or alive. They just didn't care. Apathy permitted Hitler to kill six million Jews and abortion clinics to kill many more millions of babies. Apathy let thousands die each day of salvation and billions live each day without knowing Jesus. At the end of the parable, the rich man asked Abraham to send Lazarus back to earth to warn his brothers to repent so that he would never join him in hell. Abraham told the rich man that if his brothers did not believe in scripture, neither would they believe a messenger, even if he came straight from heaven or rose from the dead. Looks like man's indifference to his neighbor is finally unmasked. It is merely a cover a symptom of man's indifference to God. Both Amos and our Lord are calling us to get off our comfy coaches and to get going. There is no room for couch potato Christians. In fact, being Christian means that we must change our apathy into empathy. We cannot cut ourselves from others because as St. Paul reminds us, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. In his personal letter to Timothy, which we heard in our second reading, St. Paul outlines what is required of us. As a man dedicated to God, you must aim to be saintly and religious, filled with faith and love, patient and gentle. Fight the good fight of the faith and win for yourself the eternal life to which you were called when you made your profession and spoke of for truth in front of many witnesses. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.